Welcome to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And I'm Phil Thompson, and we come to you uh, normally every week or so to do this uh, podcast. Uh, We are with a company called JSL Solutions, and we have three, count them, three fine products that we uh, offer churches and ministries. That is streamingchurch.tv, churchapplive.com, and myflock.com. All right, and of course the streaming church obviously is streaming video. Churchapplive.com is uh, mobile apps for churches, and then myflock.com provides church management tools and actually websites for uh, churches to use, and we've been doing this for a long, long time. The the MyFlock thing came on the scene in what, 2001, wasn't it? 2001, late 2001. So yes, we've been doing this a long time. A long time. time. All right. So uh, Steve and I host this podcast, and we obviously talk a lot about technical things because our company mainly uh, exists to help churches use technology and ministries, and not just all ministries, but but for the most part, churches and ministries. But we do talk about leadership things because both, both Steve and I have been involved in leadership in our churches. Uh, I still am. I've got some pastoral experience and have uh, still actually work with a church part-time to do some uh, pastoral things. So today we're going to talk about the topic of... The topic of defining spiritual abuse. Defining spiritual abuse. And so this could get a little controversial maybe today because there are different cultures and different churches that we work with. Uh, and uh, we, we understand that, that uh, there may be some people that feel like something may not necessarily be wrong or may not necessarily be spiritual abuse. Uh, other groups might say so. Uh, this topic has been in the news lately as far as churches go. Uh, we won't get into names, but there have been uh, quite a big church yeah. uh, that uh, actually had to make some major changes, and their pastor resigned up in the northwestern part of the country yeah and there's actually a church that i was hearing about here in town tucson Mm -hmm. arizona that's been and yep which kind of gets me going with uh having media and the media beliefs reporting on churches is often really off kilter can be i happen to know the person i knew him fairly well i haven't talked to him in years but I, i knew him fairly well uh, years ago since the late 80s and and his church uh, which is actually a campus ministry on the University of Arizona here uh, came under some scrutiny and some fire and uh, uh, yeah when secular media gets their noses in things uh, sometimes it can look a lot worse than it is but I would say this too that um, if something smells fishy uh, there could definitely be a dead fish around somewhere could, <laughs> could be could be and yeah. so i understand it's a little controversial but i think we have to be careful because i think for a long long time christians have maybe turned their head or ignored some issues within local churches uh, for various reasons and so uh, i think we need to be careful that we don't just turn ahead and just ignore it i think sometimes there can be some legitimate problems and i think we need to see that so we're going to get into really Probably about five, there's lots more, but probably five, five signs of possible spiritual abuse. And I want to say this too, Steve, that I want to address this uh, to people. Uh, you know, most people that are listening to this podcast are, are either you know, working in ministry uh, or they're serving as volunteers. Some of them could be pastors. Some of them could be associate pastors. But there's also people 
that that could be volunteers. And so the, the, the reason for this podcast, this topic, defining spiritual abuse, is because and I'll kind of be transparent here and share my own experiences. Uh, you know, I was involved in, in some spiritual abuse as a young Christian uh, and didn't really recognize it till later. Mm-hmm. In fact, when I became, when I got into leadership and got into some spiritual authority that I had that was legitimate, uh, there were some of these things we're going to talk about that I I kind of got on, I teetered on the line on it. I pushed the line to boundary a little bit because I thought that, well, it's nothing wrong with this, nothing wrong with what I'm doing because I've seen it happen before and this couldn't be, this isn't wrong what I'm doing. And later I had to back up uh, a few months later and realize, you know what, the way I dealt with the situation wasn't right and it was definitely teetering on spiritual abuse, if, if not outright spiritual abuse. So I say that because there can be some pastors listening here to think, well, I don't, I'm not spiritually abusing people, but you know what? You might be and not even realize it. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I really hope that somebody, I hope some people will keep an open mind here because I think it is, I think it's very possible to cross the line uh, if you're in leadership and not necessarily realize it until it's too late or, or maybe hopefully somebody brings it to your attention and so that's that's the purpose here so uh all right so we're gonna go over five signs of of spiritual abuse indicators let's look at five signs here so spiritual abuse it could be defined as as somebody in a position or someone's in a position of authority or leadership in a church or a ministry and they're taking advantage of of that position by misusing misusing it, misusing their authority, and and the way they do that is they manipulate people, they undermine people, they're very big on control issues, Uh, abuse can come in, Uh, there can be physical abuse, there certainly can be emotional abuse, uh, where you try to coerce somebody into doing something, and it can be unbiblical, it can be ungodly, and, and sometimes you can even manipulate people to do something that can be right, but it may not, but the ends doesn't justify the means, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea of spiritual abuse. So uh, from our little list here, one one sign of spiritual abuse could be... Fleecing the flock is the first one on our list. <laughs> Fleecing the flock. Excuse me, I have a, a cold here, that's so I'm going to be the, yeah. hacking up a lung here. That's one uh, of the reasons we have taken a break a couple of weeks is you've been sick and I've been unavailable. You were unavailable. You were on vacation and I got really sick. So one sign of spiritual abuse, fleecing the flock. And we've all heard of this where these these guys on TV and radio that uh, just take advantage of people. They, they, They collect their money and they're using it for purposes that may not be the best suited for the ministry. It could be on themselves. Just recently, and this will probably get some people's dandruff riled up, recently there was a guy who uh, came on and was trying to raise money to buy his own airplane. Hmm. This was just a few weeks ago. And very famous pastor, it's on TV a lot, very well known, and a lot of them are well respected. A lot of people respect him. And he, uh, he was you know, wanting to raise money to buy himself a jet airplane. And uh, he got some flack for it, you know. And uh, now you can argue, well, he needs it because he travels. Well, I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) I'm not going to judge him that respect, but I do know that when somebody is fleecing the flock, they're taking advantage of people, 
they're 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 using some kind of guilt manipulation to increase the offerings to get people to give above and beyond what they might normally give and they're using it in many cases in some cases for what could be uh, what could be uh, defined as extravagant and extravagant I would assume that this would be in I mean this is like um, just like anything else you know a lot of people go around and say well all businesses are evil and corrupt and, and in reality 99.9% of all businesses are out there to serve people and there are some people that are trying to take advantage so this isn't to say that um, you know pastors all pastors are fleecing the flock that there's just there could be a very small number of people that uh, may not have the right motives I would agree I, I think that most people out there pastoring most people working with churches volunteering with churches their motives are good they want to help people they're not out to rip people off and unfortunately the small, small percentage that is fleecing the flock, and what I mean by fleecing the flock is, you take that scripture out of out of Ezekiel chapter thirty-four about shepherds, you know, uh, not feeding the sheep but feeding themselves, and and there's other scriptures. Uh, Titus one eleven talks about it. First uh, Timothy three eight talks about people doing ministry for gain, you know, just strictly gain, not not trying to help people. There are a few people like that out there. Most people that are doing church work are not like that. They love people, they love God, and they want to help people. But there are a few people out there that are fleecing the flock. I have, I honestly, in all my years of ministry, I don't think I've ever been under anybody that actually was fleecing the flock. I can, uh, some I, of these other things we're going to talk about. Okay. But no, I don't I, think I ever have. I don't have but, any exposure to But I have seen people do it. And and uh, and so again, it's 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 really manip- it, it comes down to manipulating people and, and getting people to give. And uh, I mean, I have I have been in services. I guess I take that back. I've been in services where, uh, you know, the the guy pastor did the offering. You know, they passed the plate right. And a few minutes later, he comes back up and says, "That wasn't enough. <laughs> We're gonna pass the plate again." <laughs> And, and uh, I think they passed the plate three times one time on one service. Now, that's crazy, in my opinion. Now, there may be people out there that do that or listening to this podcast, but I'm telling you right now, that, to me, is stepping over the line. Oh, yeah. I if you have that. to pass the plate two or three times in a service because the first offering wasn't enough, you got bigger problems. Oh, yeah. You, you're, not, you're not doing something right, you know. And yeah, so it will quickly so, lead to the demise of your ministry. I well, I, I would think it would. But you know what? The funny part about this, Steve, is, is there are people that live in this spiritual abusive stuff, and they think it's normal, and they tolerate it. And, and that's why these, some of these guys are able to kind of keep on moving on because not everybody leaves. People just think it's part of the... It's part of what needs to be done. So there's a bigger picture here that I don't think we get. But we're running out of time here. So fleecing the flock is an indication <clears throat> that we've got some spiritual abuse going on. The second one is Dicta- <coughs> dictatorial leadership. Dictatorial leadership. Now, that one I have been under before. I have been in that situation before. Um, and let me give you a little background. I was involved. I, got, I became a Christian in the late 1970s, 1976. I was involved with a movement called the Shepherding Movement back in Youngstown, Ohio. Some famous people that have been in it over the years. One of them is Phil Keggy. There's been others. And the, the Shepherding Movement was a, uh, a movement that kind of got its fame through people like Bob Mumford, Derek Prince, 
uh, 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 Basham was another one, one of those guys. There used to be four guys that were real big in the charismatic movement in the 70s, and they were called the Florida Boys because that's where they were based out of, and they were great speakers, and, and, and they went around and spoke all over the country. And one of the things they talked about was discipleship and shepherding people. And so the idea was <clears throat> if you're a young believer, you need to be under somebody that's a little bit older, who can guide you in the ways of God and, and you know, help you through it. And I'm, I'm not mocking it. I, I think the, for some people, the motive was very good and, and the motive was, you know, pure. But what happens is uh, that whole thing became a really a control deal, a bondage deal. And when you have dictatorial leadership, these are people that are, are, are not leading by necessarily example. They're not helping people reason things out they're not helping people understand things in a pure way they're dictating uh what needs to be done and they're dictating at the at the expense of people and they will do things that will again it this falls under control and manipulation where uh you've got people being manipulated through guilt uh tools of fear anxiety those kind of things where they, again, they're coercing people. They're really, uh, uh, they're, it's like they're ruling from a, a throne. <laughs> and, and, and I understand, again, I do understand spiritual leadership. I think I do. I, under, I hope I understand spiritual authority. But it, it is an extreme move from, from, from you're going to do it my way or the highway. And, you know, you think, well, people would just leave, right? Well, Healthy people probably would leave under that deal, but because they're, they've been under that abuse for a long time, maybe came out of an abusive situation and into this, they think it's normal. Hmm. You're right. looking at me like I have a third eye. Like that, <laughs> does, this, does this really happen? And the truth is, it does happen. I guess I, And there's reasons people stay in it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times I it's can for, see that. It's for gain, it's for security, even though it's they're what being, they're used to or whatever. Yeah, they're they're comfortable. It's kind of like, you know, the abusive situation where a, where an abusive wife stays with her abusive husband. Yeah. You know, why does husband, she do that? The well, wife of abusive. The wife, you know, she she's tolerating things because that's all she knows. If she if she leaves, her life could be threatened or her friends go away. And it's, it's kind of like this in, in some church settings. And again, what you brought up earlier is true, Steve. Very little of this goes on. This is not a major, major, major deal. But it does pop up from time to time. And these are signs of spiritual abuse. All right. And uh, if you can catch it in the nick of time, uh, good things can happen. And again, I want to say to pastors right now that might be listening, you know, I'm sure your intent is not to be some kind of a, so- a, a tyrant. So but, what you need, I would assume, would be some um, some wise counsel that will speak truth to whoever's exhibiting some of these spiritual abuse. Yeah, I, I uh, think a trusted uh, source or or uh, you know an elder board or um, elders or um, maybe you know maybe the elders are guilty of some of this and the pastor needs to. So I think what uh, the way to. Um, inoculate yourself from this would be to make sure that you've got uh, kind of a diverse and a broad spread of power within the ministry. You need to have people on your leadership team or your board, excuse me, that 
that that think a little differently on certain things. There needs to be unity within or, the church. Yeah, but, but there's there needs to be some accountability partners set up yeah. in place to ensure that hey, I think you're getting a little too dictatorial in your approach here, and 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 have those those people have enough authority to speak you know truth into. And and the problem here's here lies the problem, Steve, is that. Uh, if if the if the senior pastor or the or the leader that is actually explo- ex, you know displaying these tyrant kind of styles of leadership, uh, if they've gone too far, they will get rid of those people that would speak up against them, even even in a private environment and right. they, you know even as a friend to friend deal. Right. So I'm just, a lot of times get rid of those people, and so so that would be maybe another sign. So I'm I'm, you know, I'm right. putting myself in the vantage point of a church listening to this podcast and. You know, these are symptoms to recognize mm-hmm. when it's going on. But then, how do you, you, right. you know, somebody sits back and says, "Oh my gosh, what's going on here? I've I got these, I have the beginnings of this. How do I how do right. I correct?" And I would think that the way to correct would be to to have some alternate voices of authority be able to do the yep. correcting. So it needs to be approached generally. I mean, again, as I said at the beginning, a lot of times pastors fall into this and don't realize it. Uh, right. So I'll, I'll take an example. I, I was working with a with a group that that helped me plant a church in Kansas. They were in Missouri, and the guy was definitely into spiritual abuse. I didn't recognize it until I got there, and I saw some signs. So I kind of separated myself from him, and it turned out okay. But I found myself, especially when I had to deal with a couple problem people in my church. I found myself being very harsh to them and very mean to them and and you know they were they were goofing up they were totally in the wrong but the way I handled it wasn't good either I mean I I came down on them really hard and and I apologized to them later in fact they still stuck around even after I was very uh, I was just mean to them you know because they were doing stuff and you know you can sit there and justify it as a pastor you can say what are these goofballs why are they doing this for you know you should know better than this but the way I handled it was not good I really raked them through the coals there was two different people that, that I can remember clearly now now that I think about it I was very abusive to them I mean I didn't scream at them I didn't swear at them I didn't do anything like that but I was just very harsh to them and I went back and apologized to them a few months later you know because I thought oh my gosh you know and what happened was I was just I just approached that from from the viewpoint of the guy that I worked with for a while because that's kind of the way he would do it mm-hmm. and I had to realize you know what sometimes I got to unlearn some things you know unlearn some leadership stuff that maybe is not real comp you know not really very nice so it's easy to fall into it sometimes as a leader because you're trying to get things done and you feel like, well, you know what, this is, we're going to do it this way, my way, or the highway. And, and the truth is, uh, that's not the way to do it. Right. Anyhow, that's a whole other story, but we can get into it. So, so, moving on to the third sign of spiritual abuse. So, I'm not sure I can pronounce this. You, this is probably Subtle salvic, salvific changes. That word is, has to do with salvation. Okay. It's just a that's theological a word to me. term. Salvific, huh? Self, yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. Salvific. Uh, what, what does that mean? Well, it, what it means is the theology of salvation. Okay, so what I'm getting at here is is you will find that abusive leaders will twist things around, and basically, if you don't do things the way you want, he wants or he or she wants you to do it, they will call into question. Well, are you really a Christian? Are you really saved? 
you know, and so that's what I'm getting at is there's, there's this thing where if you don't follow the way we want you to do things, we're gonna you're gonna be cast out of the church. You're gonna lose your salvation. Now this is extreme, but right. I've seen it happen. You know, if you're not doing things our way, the way our church tells you you should do it, then my goodness, I we're not even sure you're a Christian. Hmm. And I'm telling you, it goes on all the time. Uh, and and again, it's 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 lots of times people will use scripture and they'll 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 manipulate scripture. They will uh, maybe misinterpret it. But they'll twist it in such a way where it will uh, it will affect you, and all of a sudden you realize, well, gosh, if I don't do what this person says, maybe maybe I'm going to lose my salvation, or or maybe something along those lines. Maybe you don't believe you're going to lose your salvation, but maybe you're going to you'll believe you're going to lose favor with God or lose favor with certain people. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So you one of the, in the notes here it says that um, you know some pastors might begin to water down the gospel in order. To, to fill the pews, huh? That's another extreme. That's a whole. Okay. Other, that's the other side of the coin, is that a lot of times you can do things to, uh, you know, just make it so so uh, where you ignore what's going on in the church. So there may be issues. Uh, we could call them sin issues within the church. Uh, I have seen that happen in my experience, where I've seen uh, fornication going on. I mean, not just with one person, but multiple people. Uh, issues with money going on that weren't right, uh, you know, people again, even people not taken care of as they should have been taken care of, as you know, and so they've they've watered down those things just for the sake of numbers, hmm. and uh, it, it affects people's lives in a negative right. way. It's part of spiritual abuse. <coughs> All right. Moving on. Number four. Denominational ex- exclusivity. Yeah, so that all one big words in these titles here. Man. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, all it comes down to is basically uh, our church is right, your church is wrong. Yeah, and so that's this is probably fairly predominant. I would say this is definitely a little more probably uh, in predominant. Kind of how denominationals some, got there. Yeah, that came into being, right? Well, it's not just denominations. I mean, it's with the title here is, is for spiritual abuse, denominational exclusivity. But, but it's non-denominational groups get into this all the time, and that is, you know, our church is better than your church. Our church has the truth. Your church doesn't have the truth. You're watering it down, uh, whatever it might be, and so. Uh, you know, you're going to the wrong church. And again, it's part of spiritual manipulation. I, I actually saw this uh, not recently. I had somebody come, I had somebody come to visit my church. And when their pastor, I don't know what the deal, I don't know how committed they were to the other church. Obviously, they weren't that committed because they came to my church. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd known her for years. And somehow or another, it got back to their church that they used to go to or you know that, that that they had visited another church, and it wasn't just my church that he was mad about. He was like, "Well, you shouldn't go to any other church. You should be going to our church. Why would you want to go to any other church? We have got the truth. Mm-hmm. We have got it." And so it wasn't just you know my church has a different slant on some things, but it wasn't just that. It was just the fact that this couple went to somebody else's church. You know, it, it could be the same denomination. It could have been the same. Right. sort of group but because it was a different church oh my gosh how could you do that yeah. you know and so uh, 
I mean, that's just crazy. That's control. That's manipulation. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. You had a, in the notes here a story about um, when you were going door to door. I've gone door to door for years. I, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> but this is back in the 70s. And it's very, it's, it's, you run into all sorts of people. Door to door today is much different. It's than- much different than it was in the 70s. In fact, we went door to door, I think, in the late 90s because we were uh, alive with starting a different campus. And so we went in that area and we couldn't get anybody to answer the door. But yeah, I, you know, you walked through the door, back, especially in the 70s, you could have a lot of fun. I mean, you could, people, some people would walk, invite you in the house and like you were their best friends. And, and then other people, like in this case, slams the door in my face. You know, you're wasting your time, you know, that kind of a thing. So that, that's, a, that's an old example that really. Um, you know, you just, I mean, some people still go door to door, but I would venture to say that you're, you're not, probably not getting too far. So this person that, that, that said you're wasting your time was basically saying, if you're not a part of my church, right. you're not, Oh yeah, you're not a saved individual. So, well, you know, I, I, I did a street ministry, you know, now we're going back in the seventies. I did a street ministry back in, uh, in the, in seventies. And I, we, we were, helping people on the street and sharing the gospel with them. And then there was another group here in town that they were trying to convert me, you know, because, well, you're not really a Christian unless you go to our church. Hmm. I'm telling you, they tried to convert me. And, and we were, you know, we were doing all sorts of stuff, trying to help people and, and, and all that stuff. And, but they didn't believe that I was a Christian because they didn't, I didn't go to their church. Yeah. All right. We're out, almost out of time. Moving okay. On. So number five, Prideful arrogance. Prideful arrogance. So um, this is again really hard for, especially if you're in leadership. If you're because you know you may do some things well, and it, pride is very it's very easy to slip into your life. But when you start believing that everything you say is right, when you believe you can do no wrong, when you believe that you know basically your word is the gospel mm-hmm. you're in big trouble because it will it will definitely create problems for you down the road for your church down the road because nobody's got their act together totally you might be a great pastor a great speaker but you're still just a person yeah and, you, and another you've got flaws i'm just thinking on, on the topic of you know how to how to prevent or address some of these issues one of the things i think is real important is that the senior pastor has is being mentored by somebody else outside the the church i think so i think it's good to have relationships if you're a senior pastor you really need to have at least two or three good friends that you can open your heart up with that you can be honest with that you can be transparent being mentored by as well right i I think that's true it's hard to do today i've tried to find that over the years and it's really kind of hard to do that but but there are people out there that you can have relationships with that hopefully are a little bit older than you a a few steps ahead yeah and, and, and it takes humility. Yeah, it, it does. Takes, yeah. Yeah, you, you it really think of, does. Uh, I mean, Tiger Woods still takes golf lessons. Yeah. So, he I needs mean. them right now, too. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you really do have to humble yourself and realize, you know what, I need to have myself. And I would say mentoring is great, but even if you don't have a, quote, mentor, if you can get with two or three guys that, that, that are experienced, that are at least on your level as far as maybe age, 
maybe years in ministry, that goes a long way. Right. And again, the whole key to this whole thing with spiritual abuse is if, if you're the leader, you've got to always check yourself, and you've got to constantly remind yourself who you are. You're just a person. You're just a human. And that you need to make sure that, that uh, you surround yourself with people that will tell you the truth and love. Mm-hmm. But that's hard to do. You know, we don't have time here. We're running out of time. But as a senior pastor, it's very difficult because, you know, you're, it's your job. And so if, if, you, if, you, if people know you're human and know that you make mistakes, it's very difficult because you feel like, oh, my God, I might lose my job. They might fire me if they, if, if they know I have a problem with pornography or if I have a problem with whatever. You know, and so it's, it is a delicate situation, uh, but that's why it's important to surround yourself with healthy people and that can tell you the truth and love and hopefully can be confidential when they need to be and those kind of things. But, right. uh, you know, this, this thing we're talking about here today, spiritual abuse, we, we can't cover it all. It's, we're already over time. But these are just some signs that to look for. So if you're a leader, check yourself on these things. If you're somebody that's in a volunteer position and if you see this going on on a constant basis, I would encourage you to talk to somebody, some other leaders. But the truth is, you may have to, you may have to move on. You have to vomit out. Huh? You may have to. And I hate to say that, but if if people aren't willing to change, but spiritual abuse is very real. It's it's not as prevalent maybe as we think, but it still is out there, and and we need to be careful. So we're out of time. So, hey, if you have some feedback on this, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email. Support at streamingchurch.tv. We're on iTunes. Look for Church Solutions Podcast. Look for us on YouTube under streamingchurch.tv. Look for us under newmediaministries.tv. Lots of places you can find us. We'd love to hear from you, even if you don't agree with us. Maybe you've got something to add to it. Uh, I've actually, I actually know somebody that works pretty closely with spiritual abuse victims. Maybe sometime we'll have them on here mm-hmm. and interview her. But anyhow, we're out of time. So, Steve, thanks for your feedback on this. All right. It's great to be here. Folks, Thank you for your time. Hopefully this will be a source of encouragement to you and help. We will catch you next time for another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast.